Welcome to the Refined Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Kat Harris. I'm co-founder of the online magazine, The Refined Woman, and my vision is to create a safe space where we can take off that Superman cape of having it all together and share our stories authentically and honestly. I really believe people are dying for the permission to be vulnerable, to just go there, but it takes someone being willing to go there first. It's my desire to do just that and invite you and others to do the same by removing that shiny mask of perfection and courageously sharing the imperfect journeys of life, spirituality, love, business, and everything in between. Jessica Shakir is a motivational speaker and celebrity hair and makeup artist and beauty expert. Her passion is to help you use your voice to unveil truth and beauty. And on top of that, Jessica is one of my dear friends. We got to sit down in my apartment recently and just have a total girl day. She did my makeup. We played dress up. We took pictures of each other on my Brooklyn rooftop. And then we sat down and talked about life. We talked about love. We talked about her journey to marriage and this girl, she just beams light and hope and encouragement. I'm so inspired by her faith. I'm so inspired by the audacity she has to be fully who she is. And one thing that I love about Jessica is she is so fully who God has created her to be that just being around her gives me permission to more fully be who I am. So I cannot wait for you to hear this woman. You're just going to hear the joy beaming through her as she talks. She's definitely one of those people that is smiling constantly when she talks. And I'm always fascinated by those people. I just can't wait for you to get to know her and to hear her story. What's up, girl? Hi, Kat. (laughs) Welcome to the Refined Collective Podcast. I am so honored. I love you. I Mm. love your podcast. And every time that we've gotten together to chat and to girl talk, I've loved your insight, the questions Mm. that you ask, the love that you offer. And so a huge fan. Glad to be here. I just love you, girl. (laughs) And I wish people could see what we're wearing. Because kind of twinsies today, <laughs> matching. I'm wearing. We both have some version of a long sleeve mm-hmm. black top on with a black mini skirt and knee highs. Yeah, you got to have the knee highs. Yes. You got to layer the winter fur. Yeah, New York. Although I don't, I don't know about you. My knee highs won't stay up. Like I have to double double sided oh, tape it. Okay. How do yours stay up? Um, they're pretty tight and I'm always layering them right now. I have tights yeah. and then my knee highs, so mm-hmm. they're pretty tight and they're Smart. pretty snug. I think my mistake happened when I got mine at Payless, maybe. Okay. <laughs> I love you. And my husband is a huge fan of my knee highs, by the way. Yeah. I was actually talking with my girlfriends about this. I busted out the knee highs uh-huh. a couple Saturday nights ago. We went out for drinks and they're like, girl, you look so sexy. And I'm like, I'm literally showing two inches of skin. Exactly. I mean, I would feel like I would look more sexy in like tight jeans. Like Mm. I'm wearing, it's not an, an overtly short skirt. It's just a skirt with knee highs and it's like two inches of my leg showing. Yeah. And there's a little mystery to it, but you know, it just, it Mm -hmm. feels like, like I would feel like it would feel less sexy if more of my leg was showing. Like if I didn't have the knee mm-hmm. highs on, 
I don't understand it. <laughs> Can I tell you, okay, my third date with my husband, I was showing him my life hack. Okay, so you wear thigh highs, but during the day, I push them down into my boot, and so they look like a scrunchy sock, mm-hmm. you know? So we went to dinner, and then he walked me to my car, and it was getting cold, and I put my boot up on the back of my car, and I go, oh, hold on, let me show you one of my life hacks to get warm. And I pulled up my thigh high and he <laughs> lost it. Cat. He walked away from me, walked away from me, holding his head going, Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's amazing. So, yeah. I learned that early on. I'm like, okay. That's a good little like, Oh, take this normal date <laughs> and make it. A I probably I didn't think of that. I didn't think <laughs> that it would come off sensual in any way, but on, yeah, for him it did. It's like one of those things where like I can acknowledge that this looks and feels sexy, mm-hmm. but like, it's not like naturally intuitive to me. I'm like, I just feel like I'm wearing knee highs. Mm-hmm. Same thing. When I wear workout clothes, I'm like, I'm wearing my workout clothes, but I get so much attention mm-hmm. in my workout clothes. And I was talking with my friend's boyfriend and we we're like, why, like, why do you guys notice us at the gym all the time? Mm-hmm. And he's like, you're basically naked. Like you, you're, you're wearing your Lululemon pants and he's like, that's so sexy. And in my head, I'm like, that's not what I'm thinking. Right. I'm like, but it has to be there a a Lord. They're drawn to the confidence. When we feel Mm -hmm. good, we have a different energy. We walk a little bit differently. Um, I actually feel on the topic, I feel sexier in my fall outfits than in my summer wear. Really? And in the summer, I'm showing a lot more skin. But yeah, I love the art of layering. I love black. I love, I mean, I belong in New York, right? You you really do. We're so, so happy to be back. You and your husband are have just pretty much landed mm-hmm. here in New York. Yeah, we just moved How back to New York. Uh, he took a wonderful job, uh, and he's down on Wall Street working for a company that launched a global messaging app called Blur, and we love that we're a really tight-knit part of the family, and I will have to be bi-coastal because a lot of my shows, a lot of my clients are in LA, but we prayed about it. We really, we went to both parents, and we got their blessing, and we wanted their insight and their mm-hmm. prayers, and we told them there's a really great opportunity that could move us back to New York, but my work is still in Hollywood as well. Um, and I have clients in New York. So with that, we thought, well, babe, let's make it happen. We're going to be living the bicoastal life that we've prayed about, that we've uh, dreamed about together. And here we are doing it. I love that. Yeah. And thank you. Yeah. It's so exciting because I think, I mean, obviously I live in New York. I'm a little biased, although I feel like sometimes yeah, I'm like, me, girl. I'm in this like abusive <laughs> relationship where I'm like, I love hate. No, but like the chemistry is so amazing. Yeah. But like, why do you have all those black eyes? Because <laughs> the city just like, oh kind of like literally the city beats right. you up but you're like it's so magical and amazing right. and I think I always tell people when they're like I'm thinking about moving to New York I'm like you'll never regret it mm-hmm. it's you're not always going to be able to do it mm-hmm. do it have the adventure and if you end up staying you end up staying but you can always leave but you can't always go right so I'm, I totally agree yeah and you're newly married. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. Let's get into that. Yeah. Okay. Actually, before we get into that, I want to talk with you about a story. So okay. you have done hair and makeup for a ton of celebrities. Mm-hmm. And one thing I love about you, Jessica, is I think honestly one oh. of my first memories of you, even though oh, I've known you for it? a while, but this is like <laughs> when I think of Jessica, I think of 
being at fashion week, it was years ago. We're at some industry party Uh and you're literally talking about Jesus with a whole group of people. (laughs) And I'm like, Oh my gosh. I was like, so embarrassed. I'm like, Oh my gosh. She's totally like evangelizing. Like, but at the same time, I was like, that's so amazing because you, who Mm -hmm. you are doesn't change around who you're with. And I aspire to be that. So your language is consistent and who you are remains the same and you're a prayer warrior. And you and I both like mm. have had different celebrities on our hearts over mm-hmm. the years. I prayed for yeah. Justin Bieber for seven years. Wow. Seven years I prayed for Justin Bieber. And you have a pretty cool story that if you want to share. I, I'm totally I do. like give you, I'm and actually one you of <laughs> um, actually one of my favorite celebrities that I've had the pleasure of working with, and there have been many who are super kind and lovely and fun, fun to be around. But when people ask me who my favorite is, <laughs> hands down, no offense to anybody else, but the working with Eminem and Dr. Dre, Eminem particularly, he oh was kind and funny and inquisitive. He wanted to know about my life. He wanted to know about my family. And I'm thinking, mm. What the heck? It was a two day job. I was. Did you call him Marshall Hawaii. or did you call him Eminem or Mr. Mathers? Or? Uh, that's a really good question. He introduced himself as Marshall. Okay. So yeah, it was Marshall, but I really wanted to yeah be like, yo, what's up, Eminem? And you better believe that on the way to work, I mean, trying to figure out what outfit to wear when you're working with Eminem and Dre, it's a little, that was hard for me in all honesty, (laughs) especially when I lived in Hawaii and my outfit was like floral and bright colors. So anyway, I had to, I had to be cool, you know, but I arrived to set and I was there to groom and they were doing a behind the scene album video. Mm -hmm. And like every job that I do, I always pray on the way in and I always say, Lord, anoint the work of my hands. Um, help me to be a light, help me to reflect your love, even without having to say anything about the Bible or Jesus at all. You know, just loving on people, being kind to them, and truly caring about them. And so to know that I got that back from Marshall Mathers, Mm -hmm. it was wild. And on the way in, I thought, God, who would have known little old me, little Jessica from Huntington Beach, Orange County, I'd be working with Eminem. Oh, and then it hit me, Kat. I had been praying for Eminem for five years before that job. And the reason why is because one of my best friends, Renee, called me and she said, hey, Jess, I have a prayer request for you. Actually, I want you to begin praying for someone. I thought, oh my gosh, is everything okay? Your family good? No, no, no. It's good. It's actually a celebrity. And at that point, I wasn't in the habit of praying for people that I didn't know, like praying for celebrities. Mm -hmm. And when she told me it was on her heart to have me pray for Eminem, I thought, well, okay, he probably needs a lot of prayer. (laughs) But I began to pray for him. And every time I heard his music or took a hip hop class and they played his song, I would remember to pray for him. And you know, one of my prayers was, Lord, send the right people into his life to bless him and Mm -hmm. to point him back to heaven. And then lo and behold, God used me to answer my own prayer. Like he had me work with this person who I've been praying for. And to wrap up the weekend, it was a really lovely weekend. And Um, when we were saying our goodbyes, he came up to me and he's so funny, but he was like, yo, Jess, I wish I could, I wish I could say you were cool, but you're a drag, you know, like, oh man, I just spent all weekend with you. And I just like served it right back to him. (laughs) And he goes, no, but really, really, it was really good having you here. Thank you. And I go, oh, thank you. You too, Marshall. We're giving each other a hug. I go, God bless you. And I thought, 
I just shared God bless you with Eminem. And I, I didn't know how he would react. And he pulled away from the hug, grabbed my shoulders and looked at me and said, wow, thank you. God bless you too. And he touched his heart and walked out of the room. And the last thing he told me before he walked out of the room was, I like you. I'm going to have you back and walked out. I'm like, what? Go God. Wow. (laughs) That's, I think the crazy thing is you never know. (laughs) I just did that. (laughs) I just did that. You just did. I was like, are you looking for your inhaler? You just got your Listerine (laughs) mouth spray. I am ready for you, Kat. I came prepared for our interview. Listeners, this is a scratch and sniff episode, so smell your phone right now. It's minty fresh. Um, oh. I always think about how we never know the people that have prayed for us, oh, and yeah. there's there's people that will never know that I prayed for them, mm-hmm. and I love that. Like yeah. I love, like I envision my wedding day, mm-hmm. and I'm like, tell me, my oh my gosh, oh, so many it. things, um, but. I just have this vision of like standing at the altar with my mm-hmm. husband, like arm to arm, eye to mm-hmm. eye, and just looking at him and saying like, there have literally been hundreds of oh. people that have prayed for you yeah. over the years. And I think at times I've struggled with like, uh, what is prayer and what yeah. what does it mean? And, and does God really answer us? And yeah. I know that answer now is yes, but our words matter. Mm-hmm. Like God breathed life into creation through his words. Right. And he says that we are like him. Right. There's and so much power in yeah. what we say so, and what we think. And we never, that's right. That's Girl. right. The thoughts. Yeah. I love that. You know, on, on my, our wedding day, when we were at the altar and it was a beautiful vineyard, we're under an oak tree. I mean, the wind was perfect and the colors were vibrant and it literally was the perfect day for us in all the ways that mattered. And during our vows, which by the way, were the longest, I think in history, we both, (laughs) do you know that we both spent 10 minutes in our vows? Like it was a 20 minute vow situation and people who know me well, they're like, I am surprised about that. Yeah, I'm not surprised at all. (laughs) But did you let your bridesmaids sit down? Cause like, no. Oh my gosh. You mean woman. (laughs) Look, I have been on the other side. I have too. I've been a bridesmaid 18 times. times. Wow. Okay. More than me. I've caught 10 bouquets. Oh, you're way ahead of me there. I've caught three. Okay. We're kind of even it out there. But during our vows, It was so important for me to say, I loved, and I really, I meant it. It was an honor to wait for you, Vincent. And I loved that I had to, that I got the the honor of waiting so long. And I looked up and I wanted my vows to be just as much for my husband standing there as much it was, it was for my, my heavenly provider, Mm -hmm. the love of my life. And I remember looking up, I'm like, thank you, Lord, for allowing me to wait so long for this moment, because I got to experience being romanced by God in epic ways, Kat. Mm-hmm. And I know you have to, and I love that. And I I was able to go through seasons of deep healing, of deep joy, of deep sorrow, and knowing that the Lord, the, the lover of my soul, um, it's more than just saying, oh, He's my heavenly husband. I really, truly knew that He was that he, that he was. Mm-hmm. He was the great I am. Mm-hmm. And just all the ways that God rocked my world in the waiting time. And then to be in that moment on our wedding day, the way honestly didn't seem that tough at all in that moment. In that moment, I'm like, dang, I wish I could delete all the times I compromised. I wish mm-hmm. I could delete all the ways and all the times I didn't trust God more. And 
in that moment of being at the altar, holding my hubby's hands and promising him my heart, my life, um, everything, you know, promising to do life with him. I just felt heaven smiling down on the both of us and golly, it is worth it as cliche as it sounds. And to girls listening right now who are waiting and who are still praying and believing, fighting to believe that this dream will manifest in their life. I'm trying to say it in a way that doesn't sound cliche because I don't want it to go in one ear and out the other, but truly take it from a 30, how old was I? 36 year old virgin. <laughs> Wait, it you pause, repeat, you were what? A 36 year old virgin bride. Oh my gosh. Hallelujah. <laughs> Whoa. Hallelujah. Oh. The fact that my husband got to be my one and only uh, lover on our wedding night, it was it was powerfully intimate and wildly free. Mm. I mean, that's the best way to describe lovemaking with the person, the love of your life, who you promised your life to mm. and who you had all your close friends and family there watching and supporting and standing with you. Like we are standing with you. We believe in this marriage. We will champion you through the good and the bad and all of life. Wow. powerfully intimate and wildly free. I, I love like that. that. That needs to, that's definitely going to be one of the quotes that mm. we're going to pull from this episode. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was worth the wait. Yes. So when you're saying that a lot of things are coming to my mind, okay. um, one, not having sex your entire life until you're 36, mm-hmm. I'm 33 okay. and I'm like, Jesus, take the freaking wheel. <laughs> Jesus, take the freaking <laughs> wheel. First of all. <laughs> Um, second of all, amen. Um, you're, you're a woman. If anyone has met you or will Mm. meet you, you are very connected to your sexuality. Mm. And that's something that I've known about you for Mm. a long time. And we've talked about, um, but you did something with your husband that you hadn't done with other guys you dated. You guys didn't kiss Mm. until Until we were engaged. Can I tell you that when people look at our relationship and say, oh, I want what you have, and oh my God, I'm waiting for a love like that, I just have to say, I always point back to heaven, look, we just tried our hardest to do it God's way, and we tried together and individually, we tried to glorify God in all the seasons of life. And I love that in Proverbs 31, it says, she will honor her husband all All the the days days of of her life. life. Even before you meet him, y'all, you can honor him even before he's in your life by honoring the Lord and following up on your commitment. And, you know, I just want to Hey, say we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And even though I was a virgin on my wedding night, I dealt with and I battled through shame and guilt a lot. I don't, I mean, in ways that I didn't expect, it really hit me. Mm. You know, you don't go through life without encountering the enemy's tactics. And he will tempt every woman that they're not good enough. Oh, you, you messed up. Mm. You think God can bless you now. And so I just want to take a moment in the storytelling of uh, <laughs> me and my love, our love story that even if you have, because we all have fallen short of the glory of a perfect God. So we, what do you mean by that? Like, I feel like that sounds like very ethereal. Like mm-hmm. when you say we've all fallen short, like, can you make that practical for what we're talking about? Yeah. We've all sexually sinned, okay. whether in our mind, physically, and you know, the Bible says, even if a man thinketh, you know, we're... God looks at our heart and he looks at our mind and our imagination. Um, But we've all, 
and well, let me just say me and, and so many women who have shared their story with me, we've all battled through the guilt and the weight and the shame of sexual sin, um, on whatever level that is. And people might laugh at me and think, girl, you were a virgin on your wedding night. What do you know of sexual shame? Well, the devil hit me hard with it. And I think it was because I did, I tried so hard because I wanted to, honor God. I wanted to give that gift of all of me to my husband. I have always thought that the ability to say, I've waited for you, darling, would be the most romantic thing that I could say mm-hmm. along with, I love you. And I've loved you with my life. I've loved you mm-hmm. all my life. And because I wanted that and desired that so deeply in my heart, and because I went through many, ugh, Many seasons of compromise, especially I have to say when I hit 30, Mm -hmm. there's like something that went, that shifted in my mind. Like you're 30 and you're a virgin. Oh, come on. You can at least, you can play with it. You know, it was like the conversation that I was having were entertaining and the thoughts of the enemy really luring Mm -hmm. me to play with fire became, I think the volume was turned up when I turned 30. Totally. Whatever that is, you know. Well, um, we're in our sexual prime. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's that's like when our bodies (laughs) are like, uh, it is time to make babies. I want to pause in today's episode to tell you about something I am so excited and passionate about. So for my single ladies, this one is for you. I just want to say I get it. Dating in today's culture can be a struggle fest. Do you ever feel like you're going to end up being a crazy cat lady watching bachelor reruns, eating pirate booty all by yourself? I get it, girl. Let's face it, dating can feel confusing, frustrating, isolating, and like a desert wasteland, but it doesn't have to be. I created a free resource guide just for you to support you in getting out there this year. It's called Six Tips to Activating Your Dating Life with Intention and Clarity. I truly believe that whether you've never been kissed or your last date was 20 minutes ago, this guide can support you in shaking things up and putting yourself out there in honoring and might I also say fun ways. These are the exact things I have implemented into my dating life over the last few years that have empowered me, given me clarity and propelled me into getting from my couch onto an actual date. So hold up. If you're married or already in a relationship, don't tune me out. I know you have some girlfriends in your life that would benefit from this. So whether you are married or you are a single girl ready to put yourself out there, go to bit.ly slash TRW dating. That's bit, B-I-T dot L-Y slash T-R-W stands for the refined woman dating. This is where you can grab your free guide, six tips to activate your dating life now. So ladies, let's get out there, shake things up and have fun. I am with you on the journey. I remember when I moved out here, I was in my late twenties and it was when I turned 29 where I was like, hallelujah, it's the first date. I want you to take my clothes off. And I was like, what is going on with me? Like my heart is awakened. My body is awakened. And it's actually the most natural thing. Mm -hmm. Like it's what God has designed us Mm -hmm. for is that intimacy. But I, so, you know, Johan Mm -hmm. Kalilian, um, he's mutual friends of us. He was on the podcast. We love Joe. Hi Joe. Hey Joe. What's up? We know you're listening to all my episodes, (laughs) (laughs) but 
but he and I talked about the same topic and he talked about like how you get, he started doing the naked cuddling thing. Oh yeah. Where you're like, I'm not having sex, but we're just like yeah. laying next to each other naked. And it's, it is danger, danger, yeah, danger, danger. Um, I experienced that same thing. What you're yeah. saying, like getting into my thirties, being like, I am yeah. woke, and I no longer. I mean, I could just hold a guy's hand for hours and be like blissful, oh, like really. I when I was a that. teenager, and when I was, I was like this innocent, like young twenties. I love and then that. I was like, I want body, body. Contact. Well, and we could. You know, gosh, the culture we live in. I was living in New York when mm-hmm. I was 30. We're here again. We're in New yeah. York City, the big temptation, uh, you know, the big apple. And it it's just, oh my it's gosh, all is that what it's called? The big apple. I, I heard somebody say that. I, and that was really an existential crisis, as in like Adam and Eve and the apple. Exactly. Oh my gosh. Right? We're going to need to like Dax Shepard, armchair <laughs> expert, and fact check that. <laughs> well, we it's all around us yeah. and we are um just so vulnerable to our surroundings and to our environment and when i hit 30 i looking back i really had to push in even more fall in love even more with the word though i was going to say the lord but his word you know if you're going to trust someone with your life you have to know that they love you and have your back and to know that they love you you have to know about them what they say so i feel that me being obsessed with the Word of God has led me to know that He loves me in a, an extravagant way and that I could trust Him with my life and mm-hmm. I can trust Him with my love life. And I had to press into that much more when I hit 30. Mm-hmm. And so looking back, my biggest regret is not trusting God more. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of your listeners are Christians, and I just encourage you, wherever you are, Dig in and and desire for more. Ask Mm -hmm. God for more. His resources and love never run out. They never run dry. Mm -hmm. So that means me as a human, as a daughter of the King, I could always ask for more. And it's not a selfish thing. Mm -hmm. So going back to battling like the shame when I was leading up to the wedding, I had to know, uh, um, well, it was like, as good as I tried, Kat, And it wasn't all about, oh, because I have to, I'm a virgin. I really desired to wait for my husband. I really desired to make God proud. Um, And I really desired to live a huge, big life. Mm -hmm. Like I've been a dreamer since I was 12. Okay. Even earlier than that, I didn't want a detour. I didn't want to have to, you know, go on a big detour in life and give up the things that I knew God put in my heart. Mm -hmm. And so I, I desired it, but as much as I tried The devil could always poke holes in my attempt for purity Mm -hmm. and my attempt for righteousness. I, walking down the aisle wearing white, I had to put the purity and the righteousness of God all over me, of Christ, because the enemy can never poke holes in that. And so I really learned all the more what grace is all about. And, oh, like I want to cry just thinking about all God did through me and and in my heart and with Vincent and I, and he's really, Vincent, my husband, has helped me heal all the more, like go into a deeper intimacy with the Lord and deeper healing mm. than, than ever before. And I think that's such a beautiful gift that together we have really fought and, and a desired healing so much more. And that's a huge gift that I want everyone to share with their significant other, with their husband or wife one day. And so 
just knowing that as much as I tried, it truly is and always will be about what God did for me, not what, not just what I do for Him. Right. You know, grace. It's mm-hmm. like I didn't deserve it, but I got it. Mm-hmm. It's such a beautiful thing, mm-hmm. and our wedding was so heavenly. I would, if I had to pick one word to describe the day that I married my husband, it would be heavenly. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so sweet. It's so beautiful. Oh, and we did. We waited to get us until we're engaged. Yeah. Yes. I know. So a question about that is, I just wrote 10 of my notes, chemistry. Um, mm. But as far as physical chemistry, mm-hmm. because it's important to oh, be sexually so attracted oh to your gosh. partner. It's important to like, I mean. We cannot deny that. Right. Even just like. I mean, I've had makeouts with guys where I'm like, why did our teeth just clink? Like, are we, we're too old for that. Like, but there's like a rhythm you mm-hmm. catch. And I've loved hearing what you've said about that in the past, as far as like, mm-hmm. how do you know you're going to be sexually compatible mm-hmm. with your partner? A, if you're not having sex and B, if you're not even kissing, mm-hmm. how did you know you're going to be compatible with him? Oh my gosh. Well, can I start just from the day that we met? Mm-hmm. Because, and I'll try to make this quick, y'all. It all started when I was three years old. Yeah. Wishing <laughs> and hoping and dreaming. <laughs> I, I ruined that lyric. Uh, we were at a Super Bowl party mm-hmm. and I didn't want to go. He didn't want to go. I, I mean, now that I know his story, but let me just tell you mine. Um, it was after brunch, church brunch, and I didn't want to go to a bar to Super Bowl party. I had the phone in my hand. I was going to politely cancel <laughs> and say, hey, I, I don't think I can make it all the way out there. With the phone in my hand, I felt just something in my spirit. Now, I know it was the Holy Spirit saying, be a good friend. You told him you would go, go. And so I went. Little did I know that I would meet my future husband at a Super Bowl party, the party I didn't want to go to. And so we were, I was with five of my good friends, longtime friends, and there was a man who walked into the room. There's probably like 200 people. And I didn't, before I even knew he was walking up to our table, he walked into my room and he caught my attention. And I looked at him and I said, wow. I see freedom all over him. I see delight and I see joy. I saw those three things right away. And I was so attracted to him, but not how he looked. Although I tell my hubby this, he is the sexiest man I've ever met. (laughs) But I was attracted to those three things, delight, freedom, and joy. Mm -hmm. And to my surprise, he looked over and waved at my friend sitting right next to me, walked up to the table. And I thought, oh my God, I'm in trouble. And in that conversation, he was there for an hour and a half. I grew to love that man in that first hour and a half. We talked so much. Football, what teams are playing? I mean, we didn't even we didn't even care really. We got along so beautifully and effortlessly right off the bat. And I thought, oh my gosh, this man is so good. There's so much goodness to him. Please, God, let him be a Christian. You know? <laughs> Like, but, please. But, you know, we're at a bar in Newport Beach and Super Bowl Sunday. And I thought, well, one way to find out. And I go, so how was your morning? Hint, hint, nudge, nudge, right? And he told me, oh, I went to church today. And I thought, oh, are you a believer? And I don't know why I downplayed it that, that much, but I was so, like, taken aback. I'm like, oh, my gosh. And he put You're up cool and you love Jesus? There's no <laughs> way you can be actually both. Yeah. And I said, when I asked him, are you a believer? He put up his hand to high five me. And he said, I love Jesus. And I go, oh, 
my gosh. We gave each other a high five. I said, I knew I loved you. Why that was so important to me? Oh, I literally just said that. Why the fact that he said, I love Jesus is so important to me was the whole like beginning of our conversation in my head. I said, Jessica, you're not allowed to crush on him unless he loves Jesus. I promise you that was what was going through my head. And when he said what he said, I thought I can crush on this man. All I want. I'm crushing. I I am ready. Broke something. (laughs) I am good to go. So from that day, day. We talked every single day, but one, we were texting, we were praying for each other. We actually got booked on a music video the following week. We got to work 12 hours together. He's also a photographer. And we just, from that day, there was something in me, Kat, Mm. that thought, well, no, not even thought. There was a deep confidence that was surrounded by peace that I don't know how, but that man will change my life in mm-hmm. some way. And I told that to my sister and I didn't want to go any more than that. I didn't want to get ahead of myself. I just turned 35. My 35th birthday was the night before. I didn't want to go any more than that, but I knew he would be in my life forever and somehow he would change it. Mm-hmm. And from that day, you guys, that was February 7th, he proposed to me September 7th, seven months from the day that we met. And I have to say that, and if I can get share this, um, the the magic to it, the the bit of our relationship that made it so incredibly easy was the Holy Spirit, and I hope that's not too much um, right now to dive into. But you know, imagine having a superpower that you know right from wrong. You know the wrong person from the right person. You know the way that will lead you to health or the way that might lead you to destruction. Imagine having that superpower. Well, we do. It's the Holy Spirit. He is to lead us into all truth. And um, and I, I, I've said it from the very beginning. It was the easiest thing that I've ever done was loving Vincent and being loved by him. And a couple of, of weeks into dating, we were apart. We traveled a lot for work. I was praying for him. And uh, the the thought that you should wait to kiss until you're engaged, just jump into my my spirit. And I thought, wait, what? I never, I never even thought of that cat. It wasn't, I didn't know at the time anybody who had ever done that. So it wasn't an idea that I thought of. And I thought, God, what are you saying? You want me to wait to kiss him until we're engaged? I go, okay, uh, if you, if he is the one I'm going to marry, then God, you had that conversation with him. I am not going to share that with a grown man. You know, it felt like an ultimatum. Like, hey, buddy, put a ring on it before you get even a kiss. It just felt... I I didn't want to do it, honestly. And I said, God, you tell him. And so when we got back... And you back, kissed other guys. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. But when <laughs> we got back from that work trip, Vincent took me out to dinner. And we, we were just talking. And he said, you know what, babe? I was thinking about us. I was praying about us when we were apart. And what do you think about the idea of waiting to kiss until we're engaged? And my mouth about dropped to the floor, cat. I go, what? Wait, Ooh. <laughs> uh, what made you think of that? And he said, well, I was just praying for us and the idea just popped into my head. And I thought, wow, that's a really good idea. I'm like, oh, Lord, you are real. I mean, like, come on, what the heck? I mean, that's a true story. <laughs> and I said, yeah, babe, I love that idea. I actually didn't tell him about my conversation mm-hmm. with God yet. I didn't want... 
I, I was honestly kind of uh, stunned in that moment. And we both agreed to wait to kiss until we're engaged. Oh and gosh. on our seventh month anniversary of meeting, it was about four months into dating, we were on a, a trip with friends and we went to Napa Valley. Vincent took me on a hot air balloon ride. Oh my after gosh. the hot air balloon Just ride, like the oh my God, it kind of felt like <laughs> that. Kind of felt like that. And after the hot air balloon ride, we were in a vineyard row 45, that number special to us. And we were. Yeah, just strolling along, all in love and holding hands. And I got to say, when you don't kiss someone that you are falling in love with deeper and deeper every day, a touch of the knee, a touch of the hand, a kiss on the cheek, all of those things, like what you were saying, like the uh, in junior high when you first mm-hmm. held the guy's hand, mm-hmm. it became like that all over again. And even in that, I thought, oh my gosh, Lord, you are good. You're giving me the butterflies over holding hands. Mm-hmm. I'm 35. I didn't think I'd get this again, you know, but it made everything, every touch so much more magical and meaningful. Mm-hmm. And you had asked about chemistry. Um, so um, in the vineyard, he said, Hey babe, I want to do one more video. Cause we had been doing like testimonial videos. And when he said that, I thought, Oh, and all of a sudden it just popped into my heart. It was like, wait, what is this a moment? Is he going to propose to me? So he walked back to the camera that was on the tripod, set it up for a video. And when he walked back, he had the cutest, biggest grin on his face that gave it away. And I thought, it's going down. Like, yes, it is now (laughs) the moment I prayed for and waited for for so long. And he walked over to me and he, um, oh, I don't even remember what he said. I was so in like (laughs) cloud nine, but we, he, he proposed to me and he asked me to be his wife and to be the love of his life forever. And he, mm-hmm. he got down on one knee and, um, I said, yes, probably a dozen times. And then I actually sat down on his knee and I was like kissing his cheek and his neck and his forehead and holding him tight to me, the things that we've done all along. Mm-hmm. And I thought, Oh wait, put it on me, put it on me. I forgot to put the ring on my <laughs> finger. And then he put the ring on my finger. And then we looked at each other. We're like, Oh, oh my God, I get to kiss you. And it was sexy and long and passionate and perfect and slow and good. Mm. And I'm like, damn, I get to do that forever. (laughs) Okay. Like, yes. Yeah. But you know, how do you know there's chemistry before a kiss? The touch of a hand, the look of his eye. I mean, just being with him, like cuddling with him, we'd fall asleep together on the couch and be like, I don't want to get up. Um, and just, uh, being him, sm- being with him and smelling him. I mean, golly, how could there not be mm-hmm. chemistry when all that was firing off? And I would make the joke that our hugs were X-rated <laughs> <laughs> because we mm-hmm. would just, um, well, I'd run to him he'd pick me up. I'd throw my legs around him and we would just stay there in that hug for minutes. Mm. So when you know, you know, I love that. 
Uh, that's and I've seen those hugs. You posted <laughs> those hugs on Instagram. I did. I'm like, Uh-oh. <laughs> I'm gonna get flagged for this. No, hug. not. That's okay. awesome. And I'm so I'm five ten. I'm mm-hmm. I'm tall. And I pray for the day that I date a man mm. taller enough than me that can do <laughs> yeah, that yeah. for me. Because I've dated so many guys that are like my height or like mm-hmm. maybe a little shorter, and that's not like a deal breaker for me. But there's like this little part of me that I'm like. I really want to like do the notebook thing and like run and yeah. jump the arms and I don't want to topple you over. Yeah, and that's okay to desire yeah, that. You know, it write is, it yeah. down, pray for that. But I know you well enough to know that that isn't a deal breaker. That's just yeah. kind of like the cherry on top. Yeah. You know, you're really holding out and praying for a man of integrity, that's right. of godly character, someone you could share your soul with. And I want that for you. I want that for my girlfriends. I want that for anybody listening right now that has a heart to be in a, a godly, wild, passionately beautiful marriage. I wanted that. And I, can we talk about waiting a little bit too? Because that is huge. Mm -hmm. And what I learned in the waiting season was, um, has helped me in all walks of life. Yeah. And so how to wait well, um, you know, it's a perfect time to grow your faith. You're believing for something that isn't happened Mm -hmm. yet. That doesn't, that you can't see that is the definition of faith, Mm -hmm. you know? So we have that time to grow our faith. We had that time, a lot of free time to condition our mind to be healthy Mm -hmm. and to, um, well, gratitude again, it's like you hear it so much, but that is key. You cannot be happy and feel happiness without first feeling and living gratitude. Mm. And, you know, when I got engaged, I rocked this t-shirt that said happily engaged. And I wanted to make a point. I'm like, girls, the only reason why I'm why I can be this happily engaged is because first mm. I was happily single. Yeah. I really, really was. And I know you are too. Mm. I didn't discount that the desire to be married was growing in my heart. I mm. did not discount that. I didn't ignore it. Mm. In fact, I celebrated that. Yeah. But I also knew, Lord, if 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 for some reason I I'm single all my life, I love you. I'm full of joy. I have your peace. Mm-hmm. I love the adventure we've been on. Mm-hmm. And so waiting well to me looks a lot like being present, serving other people, knowing that you're here on earth right now for a reason, mm-hmm. for such a time as this to do beautiful work that points people back to heaven, that points people back to the God who loves them and who will lead the 99 for the one. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we think that's kind of like, gosh, who would do that? That doesn't even sound logical until you're the one, you know? And so just great growing my love for humanity and the season of waiting for my husband has served me well. And God has been able to use that to, um, in, in so many ways. But one thing while I was waiting, I remember the song holding out for a hero came on, you know, from the footloose soundtrack. No, I'm holding out for a hero to the end of the night. Oh my God. I love it. On your <laughs> Get it. You wouldn't be the first nor the last. Okay, good. Well, that song came on and I thought, you know what, Lord? I was about 31. I was actually working at fashion week. I said, God, I am holding out for a hero and I will hold out for a hero. I don't want to marry someone who isn't a hero with a, a hero's heart, you know, who could mm-hmm. lay down his life selflessly for his family and for Hey, let's talk about the big picture for humanity. Someone who has a heart for humanity, you know, all the things that I grew to desire in a future husband. Mm. And so I said, I want to wait and I will wait for the hero. Mm. And God very clearly said, are you sure? I am sure. I thought I am adamant about this. He's like, you better be careful what you Uh pray for. And he said to me, Kat, okay, 
if you're sure, but just know that heroes take longer to make. So you might have to wait a little bit longer. And I said, okay, I will wait a little bit longer. I was 31. I waited about four or five years longer from that moment. Mm -hmm. But that really jumps out in my mind, like having those real conversations with God. Um, I, I'm, I might be one of the most like joyful, free spirited people. Um, but it doesn't mean I'm not real with my emotions of sorrow and sadness and, and other things. And you know what? I just bring it to God. I ask myself a lot of questions out loud. Mm -hmm. I say, Jess, would you rather live your life right now? Would you rather live today feeling uh, worried, burdened, feeling hopeless, or would you rather feel like a prayer warrior? Would you rather feel joy? Would you rather Mm. feel how loved you are? And when I say those things out loud, Kat, I, it it does something for me. It's different Mm. than thinking it or praying it internally, internally. So when I ask myself that, I, I know the answer. I'm like, no, I'd rather go through the day. I'd rather go through my single years happy and joyful and present and mm-hmm. ready for the next adventure, God. Yeah. And so all the times that I was a bridesmaid, the maid of honor, planning a baby shower, planning a bridal shower, I knew I have two choices. I could feed into hope that, hey, one day this could happen for me. Or I could feed into hopelessness. Mm-hmm. And every chance I got, I am proud to say this, and I don't mean that to be boastful, but I'm thankful that God helped me every time choose to feed my hope. Mm-hmm. And that grew strongest in my life. And I was aware of so many truths that God had to show and share with me. The one thing I would encourage singles with, gosh, there's a whole lot of things, but you know, love is patient. Lust is not. Let me throw that in there. Oh, yes. um, but love is patient. Love is kind. And then we get to the point, love keeps no record of wrong. Mm-hmm. Love believes in, in all things, mm-hmm. right? And, and you believe the good in people. I would say that is a very difficult thing in a marriage to not keep record of wrong and mm-hmm. to believe the good. To that is your default. I'm going to believe the good about my husband. He, I haven't heard from him. He's late from work. I did something to drop the ball. My default, I believe the good and I believe Mm. that he loves me. And you learn that by conditioning your mind when you're single. Yeah. In the Anonymous Years is a book I love by Alicia Mm. Bridgely. You learn that while you are smack dab in the waiting. Mm-hmm. And that will serve you beautifully in your marriage and in every other season to come. Right. That's so good because what's true is that I don't magically change as a human being mm-hmm. when I, whether I have a diamond ring on my finger or not. Oh, my calling doesn't change. Time, my purpose doesn't change. Amen. My ministry doesn't change. My career, it might, some of those things might change, but who I am as a daughter of of the king, Amen. the calling on my life, it, it's, it doesn't, my life hasn't been paused. My life Amen. isn't stopped or that. stunted. And I think it's so important to know that the rhythms and practices that we have set in place today are what carries us into the future. Mm-hmm. And so even back to waiting, one of my favorite explanations on why to wait mm-hmm. is by Devin Franklin. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a pastor and he married Megan Good. They're they're oh, both yeah, in the yeah. entertainment Devin industry. Megan, yes. They have a book called The Wait. Mm-hmm. And he talks about how like in an instant gratification culture, mm-hmm. 
strengthening a muscle of delayed gratification and saying no to something beautiful and good and natural and intimate. When you say no to something like that, that is so hard in the moment with another person, Mm -hmm. first of all, you're developing a muscle of integrity that is going to impact every single area of your life. And you're also showing you're building trust and rapport and respect with another person, you're saying, Hey, when the going gets rough, I can lean into the hard decision. Mm -hmm. I can see what's in front of me and I can faith choose the unseen. I can choose a different path, a more elevated path. Mm -hmm. And that really impacted me because Mm -hmm. a few years ago, I was trying to decide, do I even want to wait anymore? Mm -hmm. Because many of my friends, Christian or not, were not waiting. I was like, I am woke. I want to, (laughs) like, my body wants this. (laughs) And so I did some real soul searching Mm -hmm. for about a year where I was like, God, I need to know your heart. And he just showed me, like, the physical is a manifestation of the spiritual. And so, like, the physical act of, like, coming together with another Mm -hmm. human, like, the physical act of sex is, like, the manifestation of like covenant of commitment of Mm -hmm. trust and that is like so holy and sacred and I just think that and it's so easy especially we live in New York City I can get whatever food I want whenever Mm -hmm. I want however I want it whatever time of day like I am conditioned by our culture to like scratch the itch. Mm -hmm. I'm conditioned to want the instant gratification button. So to do anything other than that is completely countercultural and it takes leaning on something outside of myself. Like you're saying, like leaning, like leaning on the Lord, leaning on community, like leaning on the other person of like, let's do this together. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I think one of the big mistakes or one of the big misconceptions that I hear from single women all the time is they're like, well, like I'm called to marriage. I'm like, well, right now you're called to singleness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I'm called, that's <laughs> what I'm called to. And yes, I believe, I hope I pray for my godly man of integrity. And I pray for him right now today. God, mm-hmm. bring him right now. Like I'm We prayed ready. for you before the podcast. <laughs> That's right. We did. <laughs> but even if I don't get that thing I want, uh-huh. that will be hard. Mm-hmm. I will be disappointed. I will cry tears. But I know that I know that I know that mm-hmm. I know that I would rather be single than than be with a man that isn't God's best for me. Mm-hmm. And I have a good life oh, of calling and so purchase. God. And my, my life is right now. Yeah. It's not one day when right. it's right now unfolding right. and what a beautiful gift. So if I get that thing, awesome. Praise God. If not, God, you're good. Let's keep running the race. Mm-hmm. Amen. I think it's so powerful that you got to the point. I got to this point too. God, but if you don't, that shows true faith and steadfast faith and love and leaning on on our rock, the one thing that will never change in our life. Mm-hmm. If you don't, I will still fill in the blank. Mm-hmm. I will still honor you. I will still love you. Mm-hmm. You know, and and when you build that muscle of integrity, of waiting, of delayed gratification, you know, you can't build muscle without pushback and rest, right? Mm, that's good. And so when you build that, it serves you so beautifully in marriage too. Mm. I mean, and I've said this before, you will not change with the party and a piece of paper, like who you are, how you think, how you look at the world, the way you treat people will not change just because you get engaged. And so you bring you into your marriage, you bring you into your engagement. And so right now is the perfect time. It's like the, the season of singleness I refer to, and I look back at it as gold. It is 
gold. It is treasure to unearth and to develop. And then, gosh, it just serves you so well in that season and in the next. And the one thing I know we got to wrap up, but I'll leave you with is I journaled to my future husband for 12 years. Girl, I do almost every day. Amen. That's right. I love We're the it. crazy girls that we do husband. Okay. I have cards that I'm like ready to write I in. Cannot that I cannot wait for your wedding day. <laughs> you are going to be able to have someone gift him this journal. Mm-hmm. It's more valuable than any gift that you could buy. One of my friends delivered the gift of my journal that I've been writing since 2005 mm-hmm. to Vincent on our wedding day before I walked down the aisle to him and pictures that our photographer captured of him opening it and, and kind of flipping through the pages and then realizing what he was holding in his hands Mm -hmm. those pictures are some of my favorite pictures and I'm like Lord thank you and it the the exercise of writing to my future husband and all my world travels and times when I thought oh my gosh I'm on the beach in Positano in Italy and I'm so alone I'm like no 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 I'm gonna write I'm gonna write a little love letter to my Mm -hmm. future husband right now it quieted my impatient heart Mm -hmm. and it helped me feed my excitement and my expectancy on what Mm -hmm. God could do in the future but the biggest win of my journal experience of 12 years of writing was growing so much more deeply in love with God Mm. who has made me for a purpose and who's called me to live out this life reflecting heaven. And the fact that I was able to give that to Vincent on my wedding day was one of our favorite little parts of that Mm. day. I love that. I can't wait for you to give Uh, it. Me too. Love you, girl. I love you. Thank Thank you you for having me on. Thanks for sharing your story. And yeah, I'm just so... Mm. Like you, like your faith, like what you just said, like you just keep saying like heaven reflectors, like you're mm-hmm. reflecting heaven to me. And I'm like, oh, I feel like brighter after wow. talking with you. That's the best compliment ever. Mm-hmm. So I love you. I'm so excited for your life and your marriage and the amazing doors that God is opening for you in your career. I mean, I just love your heart. Thank so, you so much. Yeah. All pointing back to heaven. Yeah. Where it all came from. <laughs> love you. Love you. Oh, so good. I feel like we could talk all day. I know. Hey friend, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Refined Collective Podcast. I want you to know that this project of mine is such a labor of love and it wouldn't be possible without you, without your support, without your encouragement, without your feedback. So if you have a minute and you are enjoying this podcast, if you are an avid follower, or maybe this is the first episode you're listening to and you loved it, go to iTunes, search the Refined Collective Podcast, and subscribe. And if you're feeling even some extra love, I would love to ask you to write a review for us. Now, this helps us get to more eyes, to get to more people. It kind of acts as like an SEO for podcasts. So if you have a minute, Go find us on iTunes or on your podcast app, search The Refined Collective, subscribe, and rate and review us. It would mean the world to us. Next, if you are if you are new here, maybe you've listened for a long time and there's topics, questions, comments, concerns that you have about what we're up to, follow us on Instagram, The Refined Woman. Send me a DM and I will get back to you and let me know what you want to hear about. Let me know what you want to talk about. And I would love to make that happen for you. Have such a fabulous day. Bye.